And welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. Welcome to episode 241. We're going to talk about changing up your game. Uh, MCP this recently has dropped a new scenario packet, I guess you want to call it. Um, cards, however you want to do it. And then um, we're talking about how you can kind of change up your game for fun with narrative scenarios or anything of that nature. So before we do that, we need to do a good shout out to all of our sponsors. We want to thank Turbo Dork. If you like awesome, awesome metallic and color shifting paints, make sure you check out Turbo Dork and get all of those cool paints from them. We also want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting our podcast. They are now back up, and so everything's running smoothly there. We want to thank Midnight Heroes, awesome chibis guys. They will have an announcement uh, soon, and they have actually requested to come on the show to talk about their announcement when they're ready. And I'm like, you are more than welcome, because we can always use guests. Um, We want to thank Parabellum War Games, of course, makers of Conquest. Uh, Make sure you check them out. I will have a few boxes to give away of Conquest uh, next year. So we want to thank them. Uh, Did we miss anybody? I don't think so. I think we caught everybody. I didn't do it last week because we were just—I was just hanging out playing video games. So we got that. So we need to get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, do we have any salutes that we need to give out? Shout outs, anything? Sure, we do, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I can't this remember. This past week was slow. Knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, if y'all know anybody that needs to give a good shout out, we will give that to them. Other than that, um. Want to give a good shout out to people that are still having to work and everything. I know this is especially retail people and everything because this is a shitty time of the year. Be nice to those people. They work very long hours and put up with a lot of shit. So, uh, other than that, I know this is like the, the question that everybody's been dying to know for the last, you know, 40 minutes. John, what are you drinking? I have a screwdriver. Okay. I mean, I'm not drinking that one. But. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I just knew it was coming because you can't help it. <laughs> I, I literally had that on my desk doing something else with it. And I'm like, oh, jokes. Um, and also, tell us what you're drinking in there. I am also going to be drinking uh, some Maker's Mark. Just a few shots. <clears throat> um, don't want to get too much in me. I'm still, like I said, I'm, I'm healthy right now, but I'm going to try to stay healthy. And so, just drinking a tad bit. Speaking of healthy, I'm under 300 pounds again. Yoo-hoo! Yay for John. Let's keep it. Keep going. Um, other than that, guys, please take care of yourself. Please look after each other. Please, if you see something, say something. Ooh, that's a good beer. That's a very good beer, Mizzy. Mizzy's Drinking, Mother's Brewing Company, Winter Grind Coffee Stout. It's one of my favorite beers. Um, and it's also semi-local, so I really like that. And it, it's I, hard to get to. I very much hope she enjoys it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, please take care of yourself. Watch out. There's a lot of stuff going around. We want to make sure that you're happy and healthy so we can see you at the next convention, which I will be at Gen Con next. So, everybody, cheers. Cheers. Banyan, good job, buddy. I'm glad to hear that. (coughs) 
That's really awesome. So we'll see you at Gen Con or Adepticon then, I'm sure, uh, since you're being nice and healthy. Um, Banyan, we'll see you at Adepticon. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, which, by the way, if you didn't know, Adepticon released their semi-schedule out uh, this week where you can kind of check out what games you can get ready for um, and see what's out there. This is, of course, the list is not completely... Um, done like they're missing some like mcp's events are not on there and other things are not on the list so they said just wait it'll be there i did a check of all the classes and i did a check of all the events and i'm probably going to just do two events this year and maybe three uh, but i'm definitely going to do a battle tech event which is going to be an alpha strike event which is easy and then um, probably do, if I can get all my AC painted for Warcaster, I'm going to play AC at Warcaster, uh, at War- the Warcaster Championship. Fingers crossed. I really want to play them and not I don't want to play my other one just because, eh, what the hell. But never know. Um, other than that, uh, I am actually going to be painting some Battletech minis um, while we're talking about all this stuff. Because, of course, Adepticon is fully painted and, well, you know. You know, Battletech models take forever, you know, to paint. They're just so hard and so, you know, <laughs> detailed. <laughs> Where's that eye rolling, John? So we're going to switch over to the paint cam. Um, we may have to do some, like, testing of John's uh, knowledge of Battletech minis and see if he can tell me which one we're working on. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Let's see. Bottom row from left to right. Phoenix Hawk, Rifleman, that's probably a Wasp or Stinger, impossible to tell from that, than a Warhammer. Uh, All right, let's go for it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's a Wasp. You're showing them too quickly there. Oh, sorry, I thought you said this was a Wasp. No, no, the Wasp was the the one I wasn't sure if it was a Wasp or 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 a Stinger. It looks like it's a Wasp. Yeah, that one is thrown in your uh, right hand. That's had some redesigns. Okay. Another one in your left hand is a Mercury, I'm pretty sure. So. Uh, that's a catapult, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Everyone can this, tell that. This is my favorite, one of my favorite ones. I like King Crabs. King Crabs? King yeah. Crabs is easy to tell. Battlemaster. Black Knight. I love the head, the head on this one. There's a good 3D print where he's got a, a giant shield. That's really cool. Oh, okay. This one's easy. You know this one. It's hard to tell because I'm behind. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, Marauder. Show me the front again. The mar- front of the Marauder? Yeah, just making sure. Uh, this is a different pack, Legion. He hasn't bought the pack with the thug in it. Yeah, okay, just a Marauder. That's a Highlander in your other hand. Wolverine. That is the new design for the Sentinel, which was way better than the old picture. Holy crap. Another one like of my favorite mechs. Descri- it defies description, the difference. Uh, Archer. Yeah, that's another one of my favorite ones. That's the Stinger. You can sort of tell with the single horn versus the two horns. Uh, gotcha. 
That's a exterminator. Exterminate. It's not a very commonly known mech because it's a Comstar mech. And a rare one. Uh, that's an awesome. Locust. Shadowhawk. Man. Or Doobroom, if you prefer, as I have one right here. Uh, that one looks like a Thunderbolt, but um, you have to show me the front. Yeah, that's the Thunderbolt. Uh, Commando. Yeah. So I am going to be contrast painting these as quickly as possible um, because I want to get these done <clears throat> decent enough. I mean, because these models actually these models actually do well with contrast paint because mm -hmm. I've got a lot of ridges and holes and everything. Yeah, the aesthetic is a lot of lines, which is good. Correct. Well, I do have the Alpha Strike box, but I didn't get them based in enough time to paint them. So I will, after the show, I will be taking them and uh, basing them and then priming them up so I can get them. Uh, so I'm going to <clears throat> be painting them in contrast Blood Angels Red. That's what I want to paint them in. Just because I know it's going to be ooey and gooey and gross. Ooey and gooey and gross. Well, speaking of ooey, gooey, and gross, I might start with one of my rants. Oh, go for it. And it's, uh, before we get into miniatures, it's, it's role-playing related. It's everyone up in arms as Hasbro slash Wati says that they think that their D&D &D is, is it under-monetized? What? Now, the point there is, is, oh, my God, it's not about the game anymore. It's about making money. And someone last night said, they're not looking for gamers. They want consumers. All right. Look, fuckers. Their consumers are gamers. People who are not gamers are not going to buy D&D &D unless they're buying them for gamers who have fucking asked for it. Second off, they're a fucking corporation. From the moment... They talked about a second edition of D&D. It was no longer about making a game. It was about making money. Now, they want to make the best game so that they will sell more. And the reason they call it under-monetized is because they see all the money the streamers are making. And all of, you know, you get fucking critical role and shit, making tons of money. They want some of that. So... People have got like, to understand, and I, I'm going to interject because this is a, a big point of contention with me also. When people bitch to me about the cost of going to Warfare Weekend or anything like that, it goes, mm -hmm. there are bills that have to be paid. Do yeah. you want to come and play next year? Then you have to pay these bills, whether yeah, you like it or not. No matter how much we want, we can't do this for free. No. I mean, even we rely on you guys to support us a bit so we don't have to pay for hosting fees and equipment and shit like that. You know, quickly it would become no one doing this kind of thing. So, I mean, good to remember that most of these corporations are out for money. Don't fucking fault them just because they say something's under monetized or they're out for money. That's their goal. If they don't make money, they don't get to stay in business. Correct. And for the guys who, who are bitching about D&D, &D, they're literally polling people who are playtesting. 
they have changed major rules because people have been like, we don't like this enough. From what I understand, their rule of thumb is if 600 people like it, it's not good enough. If 70% like it, we need some major twinks, tweaks. Twinks. It's not that they get yeah, twinks. <laughs> it's not that they get to 90% that they're like, okay, this is probably good and can go in the book. Like you can laugh all you want, you can make fun all you want. Like they're a business, they're out to make money, but they still want to make the best game because the best game is they can is going to get them the most money. Now, that's to a point they're going to stop at the cost efficient level. You know, sure, if they get the game 90% of the way there and they could do 100%, but they need to spend, you know, a disproportionate amount of money, they're going to stop. Because it is, needs to be profitable, as profitable as possible. They so can't I make any more guys, if they don't, they're yeah, not profitable. Like, there are companies out there who are doing it mostly for the game, but they still also want to make money. People have bills when, to pay. When did gamers become such self-entitled fuckers that they're all up in arms about a company trying to make money. Like, do you remember that D&D slapped its logo on everything back in the day in the 80s? Some of you may not. Understandable. <laughs> they did. D&D wallets, D&D action figures oh. that had nothing to do with the actual game. Heck, the D&D cartoon came about it because of that they needed to get the brand name out there. And... For everyone who says, like, yeah, but it was, you know, the game was still first. Sure, for everyone, the game is first. Even for WotC slash Hasbro, the game is still first. But they have to monetize it or they're not going to keep making it. If it doesn't they, make money, they're not going to do it. They have people they have to pay to make <clears throat> stuff. Yeah. Remember, we used, to play, we used to play the Transformers TCG. It's gone. Didn't make enough money. It's the way it happens. We can't be upset about it. We can't continue to be, you know, and, and most people listening, I'm sure, are not that type. I wish I could get the random people on fucking Twitter to listen. You have to understand that calling a company greedy is like calling a company a company. No shit. <laughs> get over yourself. Get over your, oh, it's all been terrible since second edition is just a money grab. Yeah, yeah, it has. Go fuck yourself. They have to make money. Indeed. They don't make they money. Have they have to pay people. They have to pay fees. They have to pay printers. They have to pay everything. Artists. Yep. Tyson is not happy with me today. And you might be like upset that they're going to go to this online format. They may not have physical books. Hey, that's kind of a fact of life. Print is fucking expensive. Oh, yeah. And let's be honest. <clears throat> if we can get a tablet good enough to the point where we don't need to have a book again, why don't we just use the tablet? I mean, we're not killing trees directly, at least then. Don't get me wrong. I will always take a book print over oh. PDF any day. But if it's only in PDF, I'm not going to argue about it. I mean, yeah, but we need to get, I mean, we can get to the point, like, honestly, this is to make good readers out of the right way. And, and you won't need, like, honestly, if I can get a book, a novel, if I have a choice between physical copy or a version on my reader, I'll get the version of my reader. It's easier to read. My eyes went there used to be. They ain't going to get any better. What? Yeah, I know, right? So let's stop, you know, just shitting on it just to shit on it, just so you can think you're cool, so you can be some old grognard that's, 
Like, yeah, not with these young kids. They don't know what the fuck D&D is about. My D&D, we had Thacko. Like, yeah, fuck off with your Thacko. Make it complicated. Go fuck yourself. Which, talking about going to that, um, my work has recently, we have a geek group. Uh, and the majority of the people, because we sent out a little survey, you know, what would be interested in, blah, blah, blah. And a majority of the people want to play D&D. They want to learn how to play D&D. So you know what cool. my ass did? Volunteered to run D&D games for people because it is better for me to volunteer to run games and have people learn how to play the game than play myself. That's the reality sometimes, unfortunately. Correct. But I would, I, I'm not going to go, well, I don't want to play. I don't want to run. I just want to play. I'm like, I have a Wait. whole group of people that want to learn how to play. You don't think I'm not going to step up and help other nerds? I mean, as a GM, we know that the reality is if it's between us running a game and no game, we we're run running a game. game. Yeah. Yeah. We've settled on that. That's our lot in life. Yeah. But it could be that I get someone involved and they like it and they might run a game and then I get to play. At the very least, maybe you just bring joy to people's life. What? It's about fun. Like, it, at the end of the day, I'm here to tell you the rules of the game don't matter as much as you think. They're really more of guidelines. <laughs> and you can change them as you need, whether it be, you know, just straight up house rules or if you want to change the scenario or whatever of a game you're playing. Did you like that segue? That was a good segue. That was a good, good, good segue. Yeah. I ruined it by calling it out, but that's sort of our stock and trade. <laughs> we ruin everything. Yeah. So you can, you you can't be afraid of changing a game. Sometimes the company will do it for you. I mean, Gonzo mentioned that uh, uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol released. They literally changed every single one of their uh, scenarios, of their uh, their crisis cards, which are how you figure out what you're doing. And they didn't just go and change them to change them. Um, because in the article, they started with, and this is important when you're going to change something. They started with their core tenant of why they wanted to change it. And their core tenant was, some of them were a little broken, but they also just didn't want it to become, you know, I take this point far away from somebody and just hold it, or I grab, I get lucky, I grab the one objective and I run. They want you... The scenario in a miniatures game is literally just a way to get the players to, to engage. I learned long ago, it's one of the reasons we moved from Battletech, that we were our, from Warhammer kind of, to Battletech and back and forth a bit back in the day, is because of scenario play. Battletech doesn't have, didn't have back in the day, and Take my Battletech knowledge as far as scenarios of the Great Assault. I haven't played in a quarter of a century. The old stuff was just get together, beat each other up. Not true. Inher inherently, yes, but yes. they put out books that would have specific scenarios. But it was old school. There wasn't, uh, you know, battle value, which is now fully accepted, was still something that had been done by a third party. Uh, the guys who did Mech Magazine came up with battle value because... They needed it to something that wasn't tonnage, to be fair, because tonnage is not fair. It was okay-ish, 
until the clans came around. Then shit <laughs> got real silly really quick. That's a good red, by the way. I really like that red. I do too. I was, I'm putting it on here. I'm like, this is really looking legit good. I, I think red and black uh, cowhounds would look super good with that as the base red. And then some, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I want to I want to do a little nostalgia. When we were playing BattleTech, aka Mech Warrior at the time, um, we were playing you know Inner Sphere Mercenaries, blah blah blah, and we were working down the timeline and doing stuff. And he's like, "Guys, this is going to be something. And if you die, it's okay. Not that big of a deal." And he was like, "So we went against our first clan mech." Yeah, that was not that was not funny. <laughs> Here's the funny thing: is the clan mechs in the game are way more balanced than the clan mechs in fiction. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he just he, he just raffle stomped us. One one oh, clan yeah, mech yeah. just raffle stomped us into next year. Oh and yeah, I was that, like, that's, fuck. That's that's even that's thematically correct. Yes. Um, yeah. So I mean. Now, Battletech like had scenarios, but they were in books. Like, you'd buy whatever book, and they'd have some scenarios. But they'd all be set mechs, so they weren't as fun. So not until, you know, the guys at Mech Magazine came out with Battle uh, with uh, battle Value, and they pushed that really hard. I think it was Origins, back when it used to travel, was in Baltimore or in Philly. I forget which one. I think Baltimore. And they just pushed it. Anyone who's Battletech, they like, hey, come come to our booth. We want to talk to you about cool stuff. And they did, and it was great. But, you know, we sort of fell off of Battletech because there weren't inherent scenarios. So we didn't have the impetus to engage each other at unfavorable ranges because there's no clock ticking. We just sort of hid behind terrain and it just became boring as shit, as things can get. Uh, and, you know, at that point, uh, 40K 3rd Edition had just come out fresh with scenarios in the book, multiple levels of scenarios, and it was a great change of pace, you know? Well, it gives you something uh, to do besides beat each other up. Yeah, objective, limits, everything, you know? It's important. And the scenarios, it is literally, and I don't know because obviously I haven't looked at the rules yet, the giant glaring problem with War Machine and Hordes. I don't know. Hold on. Ah, Steamroller. Steamroller is a fucking tournament system that was made by a third party. It is not an inherent part of the goddamn game. And honestly, not to be too rude to the guys at Property Pest, but they kind of deserve a bit of what they got because they just fucking let it go like that. And they never should have. Which they are making a change in that, and they are working on a lot of narrative stuff coming out and narrative scenarios and it doesn't even stuff. Be narrative just balanced stuff that Correct. you can throw down with somebody in absence of steamroller just in your core rules have it that is why malifaux and marvel crisis protocol and star wars legion even 40k are fucking superior because you grab the book you know how you're gonna do your scenario and everything because it's right there it's in the core rules like, honestly, some of the, the 40K rule books, you know, I want to say the third edition, I think the sixth or seventh edition, I think the seventh edition, I haven't seen the latest one, they'd have levels of scenarios that got more and more complicated. The third edition rule book was a gold mine of stuff if you were willing to go outside the standard scenarios. Like, they gave armies 
you know, rating so they could see who was the attacker or defender. You know, a guard army is unlikely to be the attacker because they're slow and ponderous. While something like Marines are more likely because they're a fast action force. It was great. Um, Going on that type of thing, (coughs) scenarios and and doing things that are there, you got to make sure they're not too complicated, too. I've played some and I was like, okay, what do I have to do? I have to do X, Y, and Z, but I can only do X, Y, and Z within so many things. And I'm like, okay, this is you, – you, you've got to keep it simple enough that you're not reading a technical manual to figure out what you have to do. And here's the funny thing is not to pile on PP intentionally. That was one of the problems of Steamroller. At a certain point, I put one down, and I saw my opponent's eyes, who didn't really play it, like glaze over. And like suddenly he realized, I don't want to play this game anymore. It's got to be it was simple like, enough. Like when they had the different zones that are held different ways, different models. Woof. Now, it doesn't have to be all simple, though. That's the thing. Remember I said that before they changed everything, Atomic Mass said, this is what we're looking to do. You need to have a mission statement before you change anything in a game, not just scenarios, rules, or whatever. Uh, another example that may or may not see the light of day, depending on uh, recordings and such, is the game that Bainey and I are playing with uh, not Brushhead Dave and uh, Spencer Wilkins. Um, I didn't like the single D10 that explodes on a 10 or explodes downwards on a 1 as the conflict resolution. It was too swingy. I found that certain things had basically a 1 in 10 chance of just being fucking awful. And it was each way, you know, enemies were hitting a lot because there's more enemies with a lot of attacks, more chances to roll a 10 and get lucky hits on the PCs. And that doesn't feel right. So we're looking also, I mean, once you got a 10 on your dodge, you were probably not going to get hit. Once you got a 10 on your hit, you were probably going to hit. You know, it takes away some of the dynamicism of the game. You know, when you look at a, a single D10 there. If you roll a 10 and your opponent rolls a 10, you're back to square one. But if you roll a 10 and your opponent rolls anything besides a 10, you just win. It's no longer interesting at that point. Just like if your opponent rolls a 10 and you roll anything but a 10, your opponent's probably going to hit you and there's no longer... Like, it's not going to be as bad necessarily because you're a PC, but it's still suddenly not going to be good. That's a straight 1 in 10 chance. And then if you add the fact, it's not pure 1 in 10 because 10 and 10 equals break even. But then if you add in the 1 downwards, it became, it's a little less downwards broken, but still, if you rolled a 1, you were likely going to get hit. Unless unless you rolled another 1 or something, what have you. So it was just not a great dice feature. So I went saying, I don't like the swinginess of this. How do we fix it? We talked about 2D6. We talked about 3D6. Decided on 3D6. Because 3D6 is a bell curve. It's a good predictable one. It's very open. It's very, you're going to congregate around a certain number. I'm not going to get full into dice math. But we, I stated my goal, and we talked about it from that point of view. You need to do that with any significant rules change you're going to make to a game. Uh, Why are you we're doing playing... it besides you want to? Yeah, exactly. 
uh, like when we were playing Sewer Bear, if you guys remember listening to that, we changed the core rules of champions rather than rolling high for damage that need to roll low on hit checks and skill checks. We flopped the hit checks and skill checks to be higher. So also you can comparative better. You know, it wasn't a major change, but we said, hey, we want this fix to make things more intuitive and also to be better comparatively and just made it work. That was a simple math problem. But but again, we went in with a goal. We want to do this. And honestly, the easier the change, the, the less lofty the goal needs to be. You know, there's a version of D&D that we I explored, not directly with the PCs, but in my head with uh, thought about where the PCs roll all the dice. I've done that before. So rather than you rolling to hit them, they roll to evade the attack. So stuff like their armor class just becomes a flat bonus. And you take that 10 that starts and you put that on the other side. So, okay, here's an, a dragon. He's got plus 30. He's got a 30 to hit. You need to beat a 30. You need to beat be, be a 30 to dodge. Easy peasy. Roll your d20. Add your armor class. Did you dodge? It's take some onus off the GM makes the makes the players feel like they're doing more. It just gives the GM a little more focus on other things. He's got flat numbers in front of him. He doesn't need to worry as much. The PCs have to worry about all of it. But again, you know, you come with the idea, like someone presented it with, I want this to work this way because I want the PCs to feel like their dice rolls matter. It's more interactive for them. Not less of a lot of GM rolling and all that. Cool. Awesome. Stated goal, how you achieve it. That's the best way to change a game uh, for anything. Even for a scenario, if you want to make scenarios, you need to have the stated goal of what you want to do. It could be as simple as something like a giant domination circle for War Machine of Hordes. We want everyone to get in there and engage each other. <clears throat> we don't want you to just be able to sit back and skirmish slash shoot from range or what have you. Cool. How did, how did, how did Hacksaw do it? Giant circle in the middle of the table you got to hold. Awesome. Sometimes, you know, things like that are purely mechanical. Um, but still... It, he's you know the goal is he wants people to engage that's kind of getting people to engage you have to do that for all the simple scenarios you have to have an idea what you want to do much like uh i'm going to scatter shot here guns if you want to keep me on track by all means i would say like uh much like if you want to make a more complicated scenario you need to have a goal for the scenario you need to know what it's going to be there were ones uh in the old uh third edition 40k rule book that had all sorts of complexity you could add on but they weren't inherent it was not like you showed up going we're gonna oh we randomly rolled a giant complex scenario no you chose to roll on complex scenario table end up with a more complicated one yeah all uh variations yeah we've had several where we rolled ambush that was a scenario on the complex one where you roll your strategy rating from one to three d6s whoever's got the highest roll on a single die uh, is the attacker. You know, I played against Space Wolves like that. They even get a fucking reroll. He got a five, I got a six. Orcs ambushing Space Wolves. Awesome. But they have the whole rules where, you know, you make this column and your stuff starts off in a column. That's your deployment zone and everything. It was very interesting stuff. You know, back when, uh, I 
God, I hate this. It sounds like, you know, that old Grognar thing. But back when that was more important than fairness. You don't need a scenario to be fair. It needs to be thematic. You make it fair with the victory conditions. You know? Like, if a scenario is inherently favors one side or the other, you give the side with the worst conditions a more favorable victory condition. Oh, I remember talking about that. Um, I remember a scenario which was assault on the, like, castle type thing. And it was like, yeah. if you if you were the attacker and you were outside the castle, you had three times the point value of what was inside the castle. Yep, something like that, yeah. It was it was just very simple, and it wasn't meant. It wasn't like a tournament thing. It was just like here's a cool little scenario, guys. Go for it. Beat each other so, up. Legionnaire said, "Fuck ambush. I got screwed at a tournament because of that scenario." <laughs> no, no, Legion, not fuck ambush. Fuck the tournament director. That scenario is not appropriate for a tournament. See, it's a stated goal thing. In tournament play, you need things to be even. It should be as even as possible. You know, Marvel Crisis Protocol does that by whoever doesn't win the priority role gets to choose certain things and the other person gets to choose other things. That's how they try and balance that out. Other than that, everything needs to be as even as possible. As soon as you have differing victory conditions and all that or differing setup conditions, you are no longer playing an even scenario. It is no longer appropriate for a tournament. And that is why you need to have a stated goal when you start working on those things. You know, there's lots of other scenarios. Uh, Marvel Crisis Pro has their ultimate encounters. I actually brought one up where there's a different way to play the game. Uh, the Hulk one, which I have here, is basically one person plays the Hulk and he's trying to cure the other people who have, uh, you know, gamma radiation poisoning and they're hulking out. So he's walking around and curing them while you're trying to take out the Hulk because you're all ragey. Super cool. Quick scenario has two completely different uh you know just scores victory points for different things and whoever gets to the most victory point gets the victory point threshold first wins easy peasy whole thing in 14 not very large pages you could basically fit it on you know seven double-sided cards easy peasy and that's including like a cool picture and a bunch of fluff for it that's how you do that kind of thing, you know, because their whole thing is they want to take a lot of their cool guys. You know, Magneto has one. Uh, Thanos has one. It's actually in his box. The Thanos box for Marvel Ghost Protocol shows you what how you can do that kind of thing very well. He's got all that stuff in there to run his ultimate encounter, which is great. That's how you run a fun scenario. Another example. Um, I don't have the book near. It's over on my desk, but... Um, White Dwarf back in the day would run all these cool scenarios and all that. They just make up rules for it. Read those if you can find them online, what have you. There are some really cool scenarios. The one that got me into scenario play originally was, uh, like, in the first White Dwarf I bought, there was, like, a four-on-four -four, uh, game where they all had different objectives and all. Like, uh, Andy Chambers was, like, in charge of the, the, the heretic uh, the chaos-possessed governor trying to take over the planet, and then the loyalist chapters fighting him. It was very cool. You know, uh, the often they'd put the rules for them in the scenario in case you wanted to duplicate it. 
myself and a buddy, a buddy Bill Schuler one day just did the Battle at Orcs Drift. You know, Zulu, but it was Praetorians. He had a bunch of Praetorians. I had a bunch of Orcs. We basically followed their rules and had a fucking hoot. Some cinematic moments and all that. We found the right terrain we close as we could for everything. You know, there's one where there's a the the farm man's like a sniper. He's up there with a you know his sniper rifle shooting people. I had a or buggy drive around to daka daka daka. I managed to take him down out of the tower. That's a cool cinematic moment from a game I played fucking twenty years ago almost. Sticks in my mind because it's cool and cinematic. There's a lot of those scenarios out there, and I love it when games try to do that. You know, and I know it's a lot of work for game companies. We can't let them do it all. We have to do some. Don't be scared. Come up with a scenario going, I want to play a scenario that is the Rebels have to escape. Cool. Rebels have to escape. Just start working on it. Figuring out how it's unbalanced. Just get it going. Post it online. Get people to get their opinions of it. Just make sure you have your stated goal before you start making a new scenario, changing the scenario, or... Uh, changing a rule it you need to because you need to make sure you're doing it i mean it sounds a lot like scientific method but scientific method exists for a reason you know think about all those guys who make scenarios for role-playing games for uh for cons they play test that shit they're doing the same thing i mean look at the companies making the fucking games they do the same thing as well They'll go and they'll start going, okay, we want to change this in the game because of this. The 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 D one is the perfect example. <clears throat> we want this rule. And who likes it? No, 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 no. Okay, they don't like it. Let's propose something else. In that case, the same thing is not enough people think this rule is good. Let's see what we can do to make it better. And you know? I, I wanna I wanna comment on that. And it, it has to come down to not just one or two people or the most vocal five or six people or 27 people. It has to be a good majority. If 27 people in the community of 5,000 think that it's great for the game. It's, it might not be great for the game. Correct. Also remember it's the vocal minority because the people who are vocal are going to always be the minority. But in something like a play test, you've hired people or in- encouraged people, given them early access to the rules in order to get them to comment. You know, if they don't comment, that means they don't really care. So it's tough. You have to take that with a grain of salt, but you have to not just don't just yell at the top of your lungs. You know, that's the problem with the grognards. They're trying to be the loudest voices in the room. They may not realize it. But they're trying to be the loudest voice in the rooms to enact change because they want people to play the way they play. That's the way they want the game. And everyone does. Everyone wants people to play the way they play because that's how you have more fun. If you all come to a game and all want to play it the same way, you have a lot more fun. Think of any miniature game. If you're a guy who comes up to play, he's testing for a tournament, and you're not, you're not going to have as much fun. But if you're like, I just brought this list to fucking have a blast. I was like, I brought my list to have a blast. You guys are going to have a fucking hoot. You know, maybe he or Awful stomps you. Maybe not. Who knows? You know? But that's why people do that. They won't be able to be playing the, uh, by the same quote-unquote rules, the same objective. But uh, that's part of the gamer's social contract is to make that shit apparent. Don't keep it secret. Much like 
when talking about me wanting to change the dice for the game we're playing, I didn't keep it a secret. I thought about it, came with some ideas, <clears throat> and then I threw it out to all the players and see what they said. You know? And they may decide they don't like it. That's fine. You guys are playing together. You know, rolling a D10 versus 3D6 is, I mean, I may not like it as much if we choose that way, but if they all chose that way, it's fine. You know, it's collaborative. Everything we're doing is collaborative. So you need input. Where do you want to go from here, Gonzo? Well, I, I wanted to, 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 can you give me a breakdown of some of the things they did change in the cards? Because I, I heard some stuff and I was like, huh, what? Um, or it, it, like, just to highlight some of the stuff they did uh, with <clears throat> the scenarios more than anything uh, sure. for the MCP. Because um, I, I got a little snippet from some people and some people were bitching about it. And I was like, yeah, but this, going back to the thing, why did they change it? Well, they, they said they said their their main thing. <clears throat> there is no longer anything where there is one extract because they don't want someone to go. Oh, I found the power core. Luckily, now I'm going to run away with it because that's not good game design. They decided they don't want that, so they that's one of the things they addressed. Yeah, that was one of the things that, that some people were bitching about. Is like, well, then I won't be taking this character anymore because that was his whole job was to do X, Y, Z, that in particular. And I was like, well, then maybe that character needs to be looked at because... No, no. No, no. It's easier. <laughs> then you weren't using that character fully correctly and you shouldn't play them anymore. Yeah. Like, this shit's going to happen. So, the main thing they did is they got rid of map A. I don't remember which one map A is, but it's gone. Oh, I don't know map A is. Map A is the one where it was for Wakandan herbs, if you guys know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember where that. Where there was, like, diagonally there was one, or sorry, one, then one, then one, then one. And you had to go get yours and go take it over here. That map's gone. Uh, but in addition, they added six new maps. I'm not going to go over them. One of them's got two sort of in the center, along the center line. One's got four close to the center in a square. One's got three slightly diagonal through the center. Uh, one's got four, but two are vertically arranged near the center, and then two more are on the center line, but further away. Then there's one with four along the center. I guess I am going to describe them all, huh? <laughs> two are close together near the center point, and then two more are a little further away on the sides. And there's one where there's six in a rectangle right around the center. And so they, uh, they changed, everyone changed a little bit. I'm not going to go through all the changes because I don't know them off the top of my head, <clears throat> but you'll want to read them because they'll sound just the same. Like hammers. Uh, hammers only really changed in that uh, before, if you're holding a hammer, you played one extra for your tactic cards per hammer. Now you just play one extra. Easy peasy. Um, I'll get some more of the uh, the highlights. Uh, alien ship, the one where there's a single power core. There are now three power cores. You can only hold one. And um, if you have three or more power and you're holding a power core at the end of the, uh, during cleanup phase, you roll dice and uh, you might take damage, and then characters within two of it will get power. 
and they will for taking damage. Uh, senators. There's no longer a flip over to see which one is the one senator. There are six senators. That takes the map L, which is the six of them. And each one's worth a point. And you can only take one move action if you have a senator. You know, stuff like that. Scrolls. There's no longer just one scroll. There are four scrolls, and they might make you move as they're struggling with you while you're picking them up. Little stuff like that. A couple went away and didn't come back. Um, Terrigen Mists went away. I forget the other one, but a couple went away. And some had the points changed. Like Alien Ship, everyone used it. It was 20 points. It's now 17. They, they have it set up. All the 14s went away. And I'm told, I didn't hear this myself, but I'm told that they did that because Sentinels couldn't run in 14 points. <laughs> Asterix with three Sentinels. Three Sentinels is 13 points, you know, Master Mold or, or whatever, Sentinel Prime. And two Sentinels is 13 points. And I have a slight problem with that. Hey, you want to roll full theme? You get to eat it once in a while. There's another in-faction person you can take, and you can still take an out-of-faction person. But they made 15 the minimum, which I don't have a huge problem with. I have a problem with the reason, not the result. Gotcha. Um, like, you can't do that. That's not okay. They, You're playing super theme. I mean, come on. But yeah, there's 115 in each, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 115, I think... One or two. Oh nope. There's two 15s in the the, the secures. So, there's, but most of them are 16 to 18. There is three 19, uh, two 19s in each, and one 20 in each. So they made it a lot more balanced, and they'll balance from there. I think. Overall, I think it was a good change. I didn't see any real problem. We did that with the last game I played uh, a week ago. And again, like I said, they had their stated goal, and it's good to know that, and it, it succeeded. You know, it looks like it'll be a lot more scoring. Um, I'm not going to say if our game, the scoring mattered or not, because our game was kind of one-sided. Unfortunately. Up. Look, we had hammers and something else around the center, so murder was the fucking uh, order of the day. <laughs> that was the name and of let the me game. just tell you, Red Skull with Magneto in Cabal, fucking A. Anyway, so that's that. But yeah, so if you want to change stuff, you just got to have your goal, state your goal, and then work towards that goal, you know? I'd love to see the thoughts behind uh, Malif over years. They put out their uh, their Gaining Grounds pack, which is their quote-unquote tournament pack, where they change the scenarios to sort of fix some stuff that weren't necessarily balanced uh, based off what's come out and how people are using them. I'd love to see a thought behind that, but they always come through going like, we're going to fix all the bad interactions we've seen, you know, and everything you guys have reported, which is cool. You got to do that sometimes. It's the same thing with errata. It's like people, they erratic because they want to. Look at G GW, even though it's a controversial errata, because squats, I'm sorry, legions of Votam, got errated before they actually fucking hit the street. Because the internet put up such a stink that shit is broken. And... While I don't agree with doing it that quickly, it's a done deal. And they said they're, I mean, they had reports of things being broken. They looked at them and addressed them. That's how you do a rata. 
you know, even some Marvel things. Uh, what's his name? Malkuth got uh, errated. It's not like huge. Apparently it was needed. I don't know. I you know, some it. people say he was broken. Some people said he was fine. Some people said he was a little weak. It's all about how your group is. But, you know, I, I looked at what they changed and I felt, no, I don't feel like that's a big deal. Um, looking to see what else they do. You know, riders are a good way to fix things that are just a little underwhelming. Uh, for those of you who play Marvel Crisis Protocol, I'm sure you realize you probably agree with me that Spider-Man out of the core set feels a little underwhelming. Not quite worth four points would be really good for a three point. Uh, based on a preview of the cards for the new Web Warriors box set, because they're taking all the individual guys and putting them in four man boxes. So if you're missing somebody's from a faction, and you don't want to buy a whole four man again. Please, please go buy that two man. Like I need to get Shuri and Okoye if I want to play Wakanda because I don't have them. And I don't want to have to buy a four man box just to get it. I got you covered. Oh, very good. But anyways, uh, so that kind of thing. But but in that posting of that, they showed that it looks like base box Spider-Man has an extra health. That's cool. That's an arrival that could probably be good. That's a simple way. See, there's the same thing is it's not all about big changes. Sometimes it's this guy feels underwhelming for his points. Well, let's do something small then. How about we give him one extra health? Well, sure, that might make a difference. I can think of a couple times I feel like he got knocked, he got he got dazed exactly. Could have been helpful. You know, it's not all about giant changes, sometimes little things. You know, players might come to say, hey, I got this and I feel like it's underwhelming. Well, maybe I need to fix it. That's where those house rules you talked about a month ago, probably. <laughs> Two weeks ago. Okay, whatever, month. Close enough. Uh, come in <laughs> handy because sometimes people say, I don't think this is good enough. You know, you ever looked at a book and said, hey, you know, I really want all the melee weapons to be equally viable. And then you look at them in a game and go, they are not equally viable. Let's be honest. Swords always get the best. Doubly so if it's a katana. Weeboos, ho! <laughs> um, sometimes you got to change it. But have your stated goal. Hey, I feel like the katana is too good for what it is. Maybe you fix it by making it expensive enough that a starting player can't get it. At that point, it's probably okay. Maybe you make it an exotic weapon proficiency. Doesn't feel right. But could fix it. <clears throat> you know, maybe you just go, it's the same as a bastard sword, just happens to be curved. Cool. Whatever you want. You know, which, end of the day, once you've bought that book and take it home, it's your game. As long as your players know what you're doing and you communicate it with them, your rules are your rules. You know, you can do the same thing with board games. We didn't talk about board games much, but sometimes board games, uh, Jim talked about it. That one game where just certain factions were not good. Oh, yeah. Like they did that. Uh, what was it? Um, Advanced Civilization had that when they had they had an extra add on kit to fix things because some of the civilizations weren't their starting areas weren't good. So they had a map overlay you'd put down over that map to make them more balanced to make them on level, on level playing ground. And you can do that internally. You can just go, oh, you know, we found that starting as Macedonia is a disadvantage. You start with one extra money. Cool. You've got your stated goal, underpowered, easy fix, extra money. 
Doesn't all have to be rocket science. You don't have to go and do math and make sure your calculations are correct when you're changing rules. You can just be simple, easy stuff. You know, back way back in the day, playing champions, we felt that having as many disadvantages as they suggested was not fun and made characters super duper lopsided in the bad way. So we started changing it. We'll change it so you get more base points and get less points for disadvantages. Cool. Stated th stated problem, fix. That's just how you do it. Science is great. <laughs> yeah, and especially with, I remember, you know, you'd always had to have a second edition of a rule set you know, when you get a board game and you're like, well, what do they change? Well, they just changed up a few of the rules. Can I just get the few rules? Because my board game is still good. I can just change up the rules and rewrite it or whatever and stuff. That's so, a new way. Because honestly, nowadays, the companies don't want to reprint the game if they don't have to. Yeah. That's a lot of money and people aren't going to buy all that. Yeah. You know, that's why, like, the card pack for Marvel Crisis Protocol. Great idea. Yeah. You buy a card pack. Here's every single tactic card that is currently legal and they made the legality with that if you remember back then for that yeah. plus all the character charts were changed awesome this is great good job like amg's done that a couple times now like oh hey we don't like we understand that the initial idea of ffg was that you had to buy more boxes to get all the cards for armada and legion we don't oh. think that's balanced here's a pack with all the cards awesome thanks good job but again, stated goal, quick fix. Works on all those things. You know? But you can't shy away from it. Like, if you're if you're playing games, if you play games with your buddies all the time, you can make scenarios. Like, uh, one of the guys who plays Marvel Crisis Poker with is Brendan, has a cool, like, Infinity Stone uh, campaign sort of, you know, not like full campaign, but like simple campaign. Great, great. I, I'd love to play it. I don't care what the rules are. You made up some cool rules. Let's try them out. You know, um, people are like, the other thing I notice is people forget the first rule. And I kind of did too with my latest role-playing game. You know that first rule, right, Gonzo? Have fun. Yes. Keep it simple, stupid. Because often we'll be like, oh, this would be cool if you do this and this. And we bite off way, way more than we can <laughs> Way, way more. Been there, done that. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, oh, I didn't even think of all this shit. Yep, understandable. Sometimes you don't. Which I had, uh, I had to laugh because uh, someone brought up a board game that recently showed up. And it's a battle for North Africa game or whatever and i'd send it to jim because it is the longest played board game ever and if you play the board game the way it's supposed to be played and try to complete it it takes a minimum of 1500 hours to beat the game and i'm like that's a little more complicated than i even want to talk about <laughs> wait one doing math yeah yeah go ahead <laughs> 1500 hours minimum that's a uh... If you play with no breaks, which is impossible, 62 and a half days. Yeah. Or if you play 
every Saturday for eight hours. 187 Saturdays. Or 46 months worth of Saturdays. Um, I choose life. Yeah, that's what we were saying. It's like, but yeah, it's supposed to be like the most complicated game ever written and, you know, supposed to be the most realistic and it just goes off and goes like. I'm actually glad you brought that up because I'm going to end with this little thing. You also have to remember when you change a rule, is the juice worth the squeeze? Yeah. Is the complexity, is the change worth it or can you just fucking bear what you got? There you go. Let me finish this model up and then we'll switch over to the media section. Cool. Is it about rant about, we're gonna rant about AI art? I'm going to rant. We've got a lot of rants. John, John's I been mean, saving up rants for two weeks. AI art's easy. It's broken. Don't fucking use it because they're stealing art from people. And see, that was whenever it first came out. It was. No, no it still is. Wait, let me, fi- let me finish. Let me finish. When it first came out, when we were talking about it, it was supposed to be only using things that are in the open domain. So when they it first said out. that, but they didn't mean that. Correct. And now that it's being shown that it's being using people's art without permission, that's a problem. Well, more so, they're using that permission. When the artist says, take my shit out of there, they don't. And they get their fucking fanboys to go harass the artist. Motherfucker. Do not harass artists because they're asking you to take their art out of fucking stupid AI art. That shit's illegal. It's g- Here's the thing that's going to happen. It's going to become completely illegal if you keep that shit up because it's ungovernable. Yeah, that was uh, I mentioned in our little chat that China now makes it that if you make any AI art, it has to have a AI art watermark. Um, and I'm like, well, what do you and expect? And we can't. Think about it. China's more ahead of this than we are, legally speaking. That's some fucking impressive. <laughs> and they don't care about copyrights. No, they don't. <laughs> That's the funny thing we were talking about. Like, they don't give two shits about copyright because they copy but everything. But they care for AI art because you know why? It protects their artists versus us. Yeah. And I don't blame them because it's wrong. And I had to get that ran out because I've had a couple. Like, you know, it. it's Pandora's box. I'm not sure we can fully close, but... Yeah. There's, there's no way says we can solve some of this shit. It should have never used artists' art without their permission. Nope. And and that's that's the big kicker. Mm-hmm. It should have never used anybody's art without their permission. And like it's already what are we a couple months into it and in common usage? I've seen some. It's it's getting pretty good. It's oh yeah. Scary, but you know it all the art things like deviant art's getting to the point where they're like you got to say it's AI art. Art stations like AI art, RPG companies like if you use AI art at all, we're not going to hire you. You know, because I'm. This sounds really horrible. If you are an AI artist, you're not a fucking artist. <laughs> no, even when I was doing it, it wasn't. I never we, thought of myself as an artist. I was just like, never to be an artist. You're just like, I'm just doing this because it's cool. Yeah, and it has some cool uses. But I, I mean, I hate to say. I told you so, but I knew this shit was going to go sideways. Oh, it was eventually. We all knew that. If yeah. you didn't know that, you had a problem. Yeah. So there's that. I still got more rants. Don't worry, guys. We'll get you some later. <laughs> Let me. 
Okay, let me switch over. Uh, I got about half of them painted. You need to get the little thing out from the back. That's why it's not. I know. I'm going to fix it later. It would take me too long to do it now. That's the reason why I was like, I'll do it later. Sort of pull the cap up and move it forward. It goes over that little. Yeah. Little bit, and then you can close it. I just didn't want to do it while I'm there now. Hey. Historical gamers be crazy. (laughs) Yeah, historical gamers be crazy. I agree with you. Historical gamers but, are very much into the realistic nature. Point because those guys just—they kept wargaming alive for some years. Oh yeah. Hmm. So let's see. Not everything, Banyan. Just certain things. All right. Only you know what I want to talk about first before we get started on any rants? Let's talk about the uh, trailers that came out recently. Sure. Um, no so, rants there. Okay. Yeah. So uh, trailers that came out, we had, I think, what, what, what was it to? Uh, we had the Dial of Destiny, the new Indiana yeah, Jones. Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny. Which I have no clue what it's about, but hey, I'm all up for um, Indiana Jones. I'm in. Uh, it looks like it's making uh, Sala is going to be back. It looks like it's going to make him what he should be is more of a serious character. Mm-hmm. If you remember, that's one of my problems with Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade. Not that that's a bad movie, but I have that problem. All right. Um, looks good. I'm in. I'm in. Indiana I'm- Jones. And it looks like they're not doing like CGI, you know, green screen stuff. Looks like they're going to do go back to the old school. Like honestly, if you look at and one of the guys I follow on Twitter went through these movies recently. If you go to Indiana Jones and uh, the Queen of the Crystal Skull, there was really only two major problems with that. The fridge <laughs> was a little too unrealistic. And then when they got in the jungle chase, it was a little too CGI. You can rant about the aliens all you want. That's perfectly in line with Indiana Jones's fucking genre but this looks good interested to see it yeah I, i'm interested to see it it looks interesting can't wait for it um what was the other one uh the beast wars transformers beast wars Transformers: rise of the beast rise of the beast yeah which i'm told is a soft reboot maybe following after bumblebee oh really I just saw it and I'm like, I, I was never into the Beast War stuff or anything of that things when it came out. It wasn't my thing. was you know, past and my time. It's hard to watch if you didn't watch it at the time. Yeah. The animation is not good. At the time, it was brand new and amazing. If you go back and watch it now, it is not good. <laughs> but I, I'm looking forward to it. It looked fun. Uh looked like it's going to be some good uh, battles and fights and everything going yeah. on. And if you're Transformers fam and you're ranting that... Mirage is a Porsche, not a fucking Indy car or Formula One car. Get the fuck over yourself. It's okay. Also, if you're a Transformers fan, you're upset because everyone else is an alt mold, but they're making Prime look so much like his his Generation One form. Also, fuck off. It's okay. It'll be okay. Get get over yourself. Let the movie come out, then bitch about the movie for your actual things, not little nitpicky you fuckers. There you go. Mini rant out of the way. You're welcome. Uh, what was the other movie? Uh, Mission Impossible 7, Dead Reckoning, part uh, that, one. That wasn't what I was thinking oh, of. Oh, well, that came out. Looks good. I'll be honest. Mission Impossible movies. It's 
probably the best film franchise out there right now. Yeah, there was another trailer. I did see that there was a new trailer for Last of Us, which I'm really looking forward to, which is based nice. off the game. But it is going to be a gut-wrenching TV show, yeah. I know. I will pass on depressing as fuck. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It, it is definitely not up your wheelhouse, even though it it looked really, really good. Uh, but there was another trailer. I couldn't remember what uh, it was. Spider-Verse 2. Guardians there was that one. Volume 3. Um, Guardians Volume 3 is what you're thinking about. Oh, Guardians yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. 3, yeah. Seems seems okay. <laughs> Didn't mean me pop out of Gregory's. <laughs> the missions are all possible at this point. You're right. Yes. You were right. <laughs> they're no longer impossible at this point. We're pretty sure they're possible. Yeah. Yeah, it was but Guardians 3. Cool. Looks yeah, like it's going to be a... Seems fine. But yeah. I'm actually starting to feel now what people said. I don't... Outside of the oeuvre of characters I really care about, I don't really care about a lot of these movies. They... Uh... You know, the, the big bad's done. They yeah. did the thing. Now, and they said they're going to ramp down series and everything, which I think is a good idea. We need a little rest. Like, because I, like, I care about Loki season two mm-hmm. because I like Loki. I care about Falcon Winter Soldier, whatever else those guys are doing, the Avengers. But I don't really care about the Guardians. The last two times, three times they've been on screen, they've been fuck awful. The holiday special came up and it was just, eh. I haven't seen the holiday special. I've heard good things, but just haven't a chance to watch it. I, yeah, for those of you who follow me on Facebook, despite the daily Christmas song of the day, I am not very much in the Christmas spirit. Sorry. <laughs> um, but so, but it still looks good. Looks like it might be interesting. It'll be James Gunn's last send off. Yep. Because now he's in charge of DC. More on that later. Yep. Uh, Spider Verse Two looks great. Oh, hundred percent. Love me some um, Miles Morales. Has anyone else seen the trailer for Sixty Five? I have not. I got it on my list. I meant to watch it today, and I haven't had a chance. Looks interesting. Okay. Um, I'm not going to spoil it because it's a fun reveal in there, but it's uh, oh, what's his name? The guy who played Kylo Ren, uh, Adam yeah. Driver. Yep. He looks. It looks good. Um, this other one called Operation Fortune. Since we're talking about trailers, that is Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, and oh fucking what's the name? It's also Carrie Elwes in it, and Josh Hartnett. And it feels kind of like it's like they need to stop this this Elon Musk style guy. <laughs> and Josh Harkness is like his favorite actor. So they recruit him in as part of it. So it looks kind of funny. Uh, Legionnaires, you bite your tongue. The best Christmas song ever coming on the, the Christmas Eve is David Bowie and Bing Crosby. Little drummer boy, peace on earth. I will accept <laughs> no other answers. Um, what else? I think that yeah. was all the trailers that came out. I mean, there's a couple yeah. of new shows and stuff coming out. A lot of shows are being shut down or ending. A lot of series are being canceled, but you know, that's just, but some of them don't, like they ended, uh, what star girl, but man, they're end. I saw the new scene on YouTube. Legit. Like, yeah, legit. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is that it's good. They're getting like, here's the ending to star girl. Here's the ending to this. Here's the ending to that, which I'm it, good with. If anyone who runs one of those companies who does TV shows is out there listening, give your show a chance to end. We will fucking appreciate you for it. Yeah. It's better. We than will not hate you if you give away. us a chance to end it. You know, like we say, you know, Firefly, we never got a real, we kind of got an ending. We got to see a movie, but that wasn't for Fox. Fuck you, Fox. Yeah. You know, I always mention uh, Birds of Prey, not a very popular series at the time, but they got to do like a two hour for TV movie uh, to end their series, which is good. You got closure. We like closure. Yeah. 
You know? uh, Legionnaires, I, I agree with you. It is time for some new shows and some new things out there. Mm-hmm. Just some good new stuff. Uh, I, I see a lot of new reality stuff coming on, and I'm just like, oh. well, if you want a, another mini rant, I don't. I've lost track which one this is. <laughs> don't be upset at people for rebooting shit that is forty fucking years old. Yeah. It's okay. Forty years. That's two generations. Uh, because they were talking idly about rebooting the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, and someone's like, "They don't need to make a shitty new version of a great cartoon." Okay. First, that is not a great cartoon. There no. is too much nostalgia behind that. It, don't get me. Yes. I love it because it's part of my childhood because I was yes. like, ooh, D&D is on the screen. Mm-hmm. But it was, if you look, you watch it now, and I, I have the complete series. I do too. And I, I watched I, it, and I'm like, boink. I was like, boy, we did, did we really like this? I'm like, yeah, it's nostalgia. But yep, yep. fine. Bring it up to a modern day. Bring it up to a modern thing. Who cares? Sure. Let's see what they do with it. Don't just be a fucking grognard. Yeah. I'm um, okay with that. Also, uh, it, since he just brought it up, he said, okay, leave it to Beaver. Um, <laughs> the sequel, because they did not reboot Leave it to Beaver, the sequel to Leave it to Beaver was actually really fucking good. Because I grew up on Leave it to Beaver a bit in reruns. And then seeing that on Disney Channel was great because they got all the original actors back. It was great. But anyways... Yeah, don't be upset just because they're rebooting something that's old enough. Now, sure, if they're doing, hey, look, it's the 77th version of Batman. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. We've already had the ultimate Batman. Spoiler, Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> you know? uh, talking about making or remaking is all of uh, Amazon is doing Neuromancer, which is the, you know, the book that started everything pretty much. If you we can call it the, the seminal... Uh, cyberpunk novel yeah yeah i heard that they were doing that and i'd I, mentioned it it'd be interesting i mean amazon's got a good track record correct uh, i'm not excited for it i'm not the fan of neuromancer that other people are i'm not not a fan of it sure seems like it'll be fine yeah i mean i'm just happy amazon's gonna do reacher season two and then also has the next season of uh jack ryan I need to actually watch Jack Ryan, but I'm I'm caught in a loop right now watching something um, that someone at work told me to watch. You haven't seen Jack Ryan? I, I I watched the first episode and then something happened in my life and I don't remember it is, getting back on it. it is, I heard yeah. it was really good though, um, which gonna lead into a segue. Uh, so you know, connecting with all my nerd geeky friends at work, um, one of them was like, "Hey, you really need to see Pennyworth," and I'm like, "Really?" And he's like. Yeah, you need to see Pennyworth because I think you would like it. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And so I'm almost done with season one of Pennyworth. And it's not bad. It's actually pretty decent. Um, Do I really care about why Alfred is Alfred? Not really. But is it better than most things on TV right now? Yes. Probably also no. Um, Let's think about this. Come on. (laughs) Think about what's on TV right now. I cannot imagine that Pennyworth is anything better than second tier. It's probably third tier. Solid. Okay. Worth watching to a point. But there are so many good things on TV. We are, we have a glut of good TV, sir. Well, I'm, I'm on a downturn of stuff that now I'm only watching things as they're coming out. So I'm okay. So I've got, I can watch this and do things and I'm enjoying it enough. 
Uh, it's background noise for Gonzo. You know what I use for background noise? Music. Music. <laughs> I mean, I, I do stop and watch it and stuff, but I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's not bad. No, I'm not uh, saying it is bad. I'm just saying let's let's not call TV shit when it's not shit. Yeah. It really isn't. There's... It's so good that we're having a hard time paying for all the services to see all the good shit. Yeah. Like a lot of my series that I've watched have all like are down and you know so i've got i've got i got time for this series now i mean obviously you don't have time you didn't watch jack ryan <laughs> which i totally forgot that, that no, was look, there I, so i will give you a pass because you're watching someone that someone something that someone at work yeah recommended but i have a few days off so i can put that on there too cool well do you want to start with the one i'm sure we both watched even though an episode behind because it was not a good week oh uh, what was that one willow oh uh yeah i, I caught up on willow I'm completely. I, I'm on one behind on Willow, but I did start off by watching the movie, and I feel it's important because you need to know the tone of the movie, i.e., sometimes physical, sometimes dark AF. <laughs> because I feel, and this may not be a popular opinion, that the series mimics the tone of the movie pretty close to perfectly. I will agree with that. Um, because it comes with a little whimsical and a little, you know, lightheartedness. And then comes with like, dark. that's dark. Yes. And people will say it's it's projecting a social agenda. It's fucking not. Who cares? And fuck you to the person in particular on Twitter who called me a groomer because I liked it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I'm a groomer because the adults in the series who are both female happen to have a relationship. They're, they're, they're adults. Yeah. Yeah. So... And they don't even make a big deal of that. It's like no. uh, the one good thing we said about Peacemaker, or how the fact that uh, Waller's daughter was in a same-sex relationship wasn't even a fucking thing. It just, it's there. Just there. It's not cool. It's much like that. Yeah. It's they're, not they're thrown in your close. face. It's not... No, nope. it's fine. I mean, so and, I've uh, watched all the episodes, and... I'm one behind, and I mean, I like it. It's not I bad. I think it's it's not top tier. No. I'll agree it's with you. It's definitely second tier, but it's enjoyable. I like the random pieces of music they put at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? They're going to go, okay, I'm okay with that. Um, I, I I, could I could go a little bit more. I think they could probably, if they get a second season, they definitely need to up the fight choreography a little bit. Yeah. I will tell it's you that. It's not bad, but whoever's storyboarding it is focusing too much on the important fights and forgetting there's other people there. I also I, think that... Character-wise, I'm going to tell you that I don't have really any problems with the characters, but they really, 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 really want me to hate the princess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She is a class A bitch in this, and she, I hate everything about her. Let's be honest, though. She is a step beyond Mad Mardigan. Because Mad Mardigan in, in the movie, you start off like, this guy is a fucking ass. Yeah. But you grow to like him. I think they're just doing it. I feel like some things they're doing too fast and some things they're doing too slow. I think they need to to slow a couple things down and speed a couple things up. But I, I enjoy it. I will continue to watch it. Oh, yeah. I'll continue it, to watch it. And I want to say this, you know, in reference to also the movie, because I rewatched the movie. The movie is still great, though tonally very weird at points. Um, you all need to remember when you're watching this movie that it was at one point the best fantasy movie we ever got. You cannot judge everything off of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. No, oh, no. You cannot go the best ever. We're only going to rate versus that because you're not going to top that movie, that movie trilogy ever. 
Yeah. Ever. No. So you need to understand that at one point Beastmaster were considered a good movie. Sorry, Kathy. <laughs> at one point Dragon Slayer was considered a good movie. Excalibur. Now oh. I know people love Excalibur, and I don't hate you for loving Excalibur, but I did not try to watch Excalibur till I thirties. It, it is that a fucking movie is not okay. It's a slog. It is not good. Do you know what's a better fantasy movie than Excalibur All Hollow? Conan the Barbarian. Oh. Fucking great. Remember what we had before you start judging things unfairly. And yes, maybe the production value and everything is not as good on this as something like Rings of Power or Wheel of Time. But you know what? This is a lot less heavy than that shit sometimes, and we fucking need it. It it's just a good so it's just a good solid. Us. Yeah. You know, and or in Last of Us. It can't all be that. We need something the other way, especially with the world the way it fucking is. Yeah. It's solid. I'm gonna give it one space herpy. I'm about a one and a half because some of it's just a little bit, but it, I, I'm okay with it. I, it's, I feel, it's not a dig. I don't. I don't know that it could ever be a zero. I feel no. like it could go down to a half. In your case, a one probably if they fix some things. But also the movie. Love the movie. Uh, I rate the movie also a single space herpy. Um, I. It just, and all those faults are just faults of technology and all, you know? Oh, God. Special we effects can't, are horrible on that now. You know, we try not, well, not all of them. Some of them are. They did a lot of practical stuff that's really good. But a couple of other things are not so good. Yeah. So, but still, you should watch Willow. Hey, guess what? It's fucking free on Disney Plus, most of Disney Plus. Yeah. Watch the movie first, please. Though I've told some people, said, I went right into the series and I loved it. Cool. Awesome. But if you want to make sure you're ready tonally, and character wise they're doing some of the same beats but not but it doesn't feel derivative you know do you, would you agree with that you know what's funny is you know we're talking about you know the mad mardigan and all that stuff and how she's going towards that kind of thing you hate her at first and i hope i get to like her character but every time i see her i can't stand her but and i can't remember the other guy's name that was with her with mad mardigan and was finding the stuff i can't remember the character's name the adult okay. adult Foreman. Yeah, I love him. I want I want him in every scene that I can have him in. He's so just, fun. Back to the fight choreography. I just wish they'd make show him as more of a badass that he's supposed to be. I say I have I, no I, clue. So I, have I no feel clue like they to. skipped an easy fight where we could see how the characters are, and went to the fight in episode four. I think it is three or four. The last one I saw, where uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but where they're fighting people and you're like, holy shit. Like, why is this so even of a fight? Yeah. I feel like I wish they'd had something between there to set the bar properly, but it's all good. Again, it's worth watching. Um, yeah, it's good. It's it's a good TV show. I have one more movie. I'm sure you have something else to talk about. And then we also talk about DC at some point, And that also has a rant. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to go through a few that are just really quick. Um, I watched Troll on Netflix, which is a foreign film um, about a troll that comes to life. A big old rock troll. It's just turn your brain off and just watch it. I've seen Troll also. Warwick Davis is great. (laughs) Uh, And then I finally got to watch Nightbook, which is it's a story about a witch that holds these kids captive until he tells a story every night. Not a bad little TV show. Not a bad little movie. Um, Definitely a good kids type show. Um, And then I watched the new Dragon Age. (sighs) Uh, cartoon. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. Resolution or whatever. 
And it's pretty much a best way to describe this Vox Machina without the cringe. Good D and D without the cringe. Because you just summed up Vox Machina. My problem with Vox Machina in one word. Cringe. Yeah. This is this is a good D and D story with good D and D characters doing stuff with all the cringy shit. And I liked it. I thought it was really good. I was saddened that it was cut so short. There's only like six episodes. But it was it's it's pretty good. I liked it. I thought it was really good. I would give it probably like a one. But it would be like this is a good quality version of D D in cartoon form. Highly recommend cool. it. Go watch it. Um, all right. I have Pinocchio and Black Adam. I have not seen either of those, but I did see Bullet Train. You talked about that one already. Did I? Yeah, you did. Oh. Then I've seen nothing else. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I watched Pinocchio, which is a stop animation by uh, Guillermo del Toro. And this is 100% him. You look at this, and this is 100% all him. His stamp is all over this movie. It is super dark, super creepy, super, you know, a Guillermo movie. But I will tell you, it is some of the best stop stop animation I have seen in fucking forever. It is gorgeous. Uh, they, there's a another episode later on that you can uh, uh, that's a separate thing that tells you the behind the scenes about them making it and you know showing the stuff and it, I love watching that. I think stop animation is such a cool thing. It's amazing to watch people do this. The story for Pinocchio is not your standard story for Pinocchio. It is a different story. It is a different you know twist. It's still the same thing, but don't think you're going in to watch the Disney version. Um. There is song in it, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I wasn't expecting some musical bits in it, but it was enjoyable, but very fucking trippy. And that's the best way to put it. Um, highly recommend it if you like stop animation um, or if you just want to see a really creepy, cool Pinocchio show. Uh, I give it like a half to one. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm a sucker for stop animation stuff because... I, I'm always in awe of how they do that and how time consuming that fucking thing is. Cause I mean, in, in the little behind the scene, they show it and they like, here is one frame. And like, here is a hundred frames. And it's just a person walking across the screen. You Don't know, worry. I've watched a million documentaries and stuff on Ray Harryhausen. Because oh yeah. Ray Harryhausen was the fucking master. But I mean, it was freaking cool as shit. It was a what? really cool series. Really, really cool movie. Not really my oeuvre, but uh, no. good to hear it's good. It, it, it's worth the watch, but other than that. So, Don't spoil Black Adam because it's free on HBO Max, so people might actually watch it. Yeah. Black Adam. Um, did they let Michael Bay make this? Because that's my best way to put this. So, uh, L. Marshall watched it, and he said the problem he had with it, the main problem, is he didn't like any of the characters. No. No, the, the story was completely off-hinged. There was no plot line. There was no direction. It was like, let's make this big, cool fight scene. Hey, we talk about two seconds, another cool fight scene. I mean, special effects-wise, no problem. Not going to argue so wait, with that. You're telling me that it's a 90s superhero movie. Oh, yeah. There is no dialogue. You don't give a shit about any of the characters. You don't even give a shit about anything that happens in the movie. Dialogue wise, I will tell you that the um, 
Casting for Dr. Fate was perfect. Pierce Brosnan, I think he was great for that. Um, and he was the only redeeming character in that. Other characters, I just did not give a shit about. To Even be fair, the humans. Hawkman's supposed to be an asshole. Yeah. But, I mean, it was... I'm, like, watching this. I'm like, you're boring. You're This is dumb. There's a problem. And cool fight scene. All right. That was kind of neat to watch. That was stupid. That didn't even really make sense. Okay. And you knew what was going to happen the whole time. It was telegraphed so far in advance. It wasn't even funny. And the pacing was not done very well either. Um, I can see why this, and I put quotes around bombed at the theater and bombed overall because it just wasn't good. Fair just, enough. I mean, what do you give it? I give it my meh rating, two and a half. It's good eye candy, but that's about it. Fair enough. Um, I do not know if I'm planning on seeing Avatar 2. The reviews I've heard from people I trust have been exactly what I expected. Maybe even a little worse than I expected. I'll wait. Uh, The reviews are all basically, hey, it's super pretty, looks great. The story's less engaging than the first one, and I'm like, You've just made less engaging than Pocahontas <laughs> in space. Yeah. Wow. But um, what about this whole DCU DC reboot? Thing? Yeah, let's go with that. I'm waiting for you on this so, one because they're rebooting off, everything. I've heard a lot of people bitch about this. Do some research for you, bitch. Henry Cavill left The Witcher because he didn't like the direction it was going, not to play Superman. That was a bonus. He could have filmed Superman stuff while doing The Witcher. It would not have stopped him. He left because he's a super fan of The Witcher, the novels, not the video, but probably video games too, honestly, knowing Henry Cavill. But he left because they are not following the story of The Witcher. And the guy who wrote The Witcher doesn't fucking care. The paychecks are coming. He's all good. (laughs) He's like, I don't care no more. The showrunners are doing what they want. So Henry Cavill's like, hey, I'm out. Which is cool. Give uh, Luke Evans. Luke Evans? No. Who's doing it? Um, oh, it's of... fucking uh, Thor's brother. Um, yeah, one of the Scarlet Liam Hemsworth. Guys. Yeah, no, no Liam yeah, Hemsworth. that's right. Yeah, Liam Hemsworth. Sorry, Luke Evans. Luke Evans would not be right at all. Give him a chance, but I mean, I haven't. Whatever. He did not go just to do that. Now it is unfortunate that he went, and they're like, "Oh, I'll talk about Superman," and then now he's out because they've canceled everything that's not done. Because. And shock of shocks, a new creative team in charge of things are going to do a new direction. No one here is shocked. No. If you're lucky, you'll get the Batman too. But you may not, because the Batman's big money, and either they got to roll him into the DC universe that they're doing, or they got to reboot him. So keep that in mind. Um, it is impressive that uh, James Gunn and whoever's working with him have managed to unite the DC fandom. Usually the uh, random DC fans and the uh, Snyder heads don't usually get along, but fuck, they're all united now. <laughs> Something has to be done because... Please, do not resort the Snyderverse. No. It, it, it's, it's so... Don't get me wrong. I've never been a huge DC fan, but I know my DC characters, and I, I like you know my DC stuff. That I do like, but this was just all over the place. There was no direction on anything. You know, we bitch about, people bitch about the Star Wars sequels, and I do too. 
because there was no plan except for the three of them. There should have been. Star Wars deserved better than three random movies made by three different by two different people. DC deserves that too. Write a better plot line. Once Marvel showed Thanos in the Avengers, Darkseid was off the table. Oh yeah. Steppenwolf was not a good idea. You could have done Brainiac. You could have done better things. DC was chasing Marvel the entire time and it hurt them. Because it wasn't like they were just doing it right. They're like, we're chasing Marvel when they should have been making good quality stuff. Because let's be honest, the quality of DC stuff is overall significantly lower than a lot of things. Certainly than Marvel. And I don't even know what, because you can't do Infinite Earths. Which was one of my favorite DC, you know, plotline no, things because it would you can't because that would be just well, I mean, you can. And the Flash movie still looks like it's gonna come out with Flashpoint to reset everything, so it's a soft reboot rather than a full reboot. Yeah. Which is cool because I love I love what the T V series did by getting everyone they could to do whatever role they could. Brandon Roth coming in to be a different Superman. Great. You know, showing who you can, showing, you know, you know, Linda Carter at points as Wonder Woman and one of the things and all that. Great. I love the commitment to legacy. But at some point you have to just fucking make a coordinated effort or say we're just making all separate shit. We don't fucking care. You're not going to get hero movies or team movies. You're going to get hero movies. Again, state your goal. Work towards that goal. Yeah, I don't know what what it is they're gonna do or what overall big plot line they're gonna go with because I don't I don't know any of the newer stuff. But like Infinite Earth was my was my DC jam whenever I was reading DC. Yeah, but and I'm like you can't do that. It's yeah. multiverse. Yeah, it's multiverse, and now you're just like even Flash even Flashpoint. You're chasing Marvel. Yeah, not intentionally in this case. Marvel just beat you to the fucking punch. Yeah, so, like, we're gonna do Flashpoint, and they're like, oh really? We got multiverse stuff coming. Yeah. So I mean you can't you can't do that. So I don't know what they're gonna go with. I'm yeah. interested. I'm hoping it does good. I hope it does well. We need good DC stuff. I mean, I love Superman movies because they're the you know, the good type of but, but hold on. We haven't had a good Superman movie since Superman two. But you understand what I'm saying? I love Superman as a character. I love I, I, I like that I do character. Too. I like Blender Ruth as Superman. I liked Henry Cavill's man. Oh, yeah. I feel like the writing is the problem in that movie. The movie was not... He wasn't the problem. The movie was the problem in both cases. I wish we could get a good Green Lantern movie, because Green Lantern is fucking cool as shit, but... I mean, we could talk a lot about DC, but I also hope they go with a John Stewart Green Lantern. That way, looking at certain things, like, you know, I looked at a cover for the New 52, because someone posted it, talking about DC reboots, and I realized you have the Justice League there. Without Martian Man, you had Martian Manor, he's an alien, pull him out. You've got, and I know Kyle is an alien too, don't fucking get on, don't at me. <laughs> you have Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and then White Dudes. Like, I know diversification isn't super important to DC, but you need to look at it a little better than four white dudes, an alien, a black guy who's an afterthought, honestly, and Wonder Woman. You have to do more. <laughs> um, so hopefully they can there's there's a bunch of de- i mean and honestly just things have been like that but they've always had to work for their diversity 
Yeah. Well, I mean, they, and they've got they got plenty of things. I mean, yeah, there's plenty of people. They don't have to start with Justice League. You can run a lot of, depending on how Flashpoint goes, and that's going to be the big kicker is what the reboot looks like. There's a lot of storylines you can go to that are good starting points that don't need you don't need to start at the beginning. You can start in the middle. We know we can find the background. We know who Batman is. We know who Superman can, is. You can start with the Justice League disbanding after some big thing. You just there, and then you've got new people coming in. You don't have to work towards that point. You can start there, and then if you want to, you can work backwards and go, here's what, you know, coming up to this point. Think outside the box a little bit. Do something unique. Yeah, it's going to have to be very big and unique, or it's just going to flop again. And the problem is that, like, 90s to 2000s, DC uh, big plot lines were always worse than Marvel ones. But we're well over time. Yeah, we are. We're about three minutes over, which is okay. It was a good size yeah, rant and good time stuff. Guys, we really appreciate you coming down. Um, we, like I said, we probably won't be doing an episode next weekend on Sunday, but I will probably maybe do uh, some streaming during the week to play some games. Maybe and New Year's uh, Day is sketchy. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. But um, for the most part, guys, please be careful. Please watch after yourself. Please and- do whatever you can to, you know, I'll Take say here yourself. for the length of time, yeah. if you need someone to talk to, I'm always available to talk to. Which reminds Brent? me, I do need to do a shout out um, for the people that uh, saw it, and it's because this person did commit suicide. Uh, Twitch, he was a dancer and DJ, and he was actually very prolific. I used to watch So You Think You Can Dance, and he went from being nobody to somebody, and uh, this last week he took his life, and that really... It kind of hit me whenever that happened because every time I've seen or anything by him, it was very upbeat and happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Reach out to people. I, you know, there's a guy on Twitter yeah. who was just having a bad day, and I just said something. If you see someone on Twitter having a bad day, try and be an ear for them. Try and listen. Like, oh, man, I'm sorry I'm having a bad day. Can I help you? You know, hey, what are you going to do? You know, just, just try and help people when you can with that kind of stuff. You can't always know the thing to say. Yeah. But saying something means you will show them that, they, that you care. You stopped – and you engage. So that shows that you care. Hopefully you help someone have a better day. Yeah. It's so guys, it. Please be careful. Please take care of yourself. Reach out if you need anything. We are going to send you to the Pyro Club. But for more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. Good night. If we do uh, Christmas or New Year's Day, we're going to have to do a year in review. That's not just middle fingers. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that because I have some issues. 